We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher of irishbreakdown.com. I'm joined by my man, Sean Davis of ESPN Chicago and the Lucky Lefty podcast. So, Sean, we're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I I have a lot of issues with tonight's rankings, and it has nothing to do with – it has – it doesn't only have to do with Notre Dame's rankings. Uh, There's a lot to digest but let's begin by talking about notre dame notre dame moved up to number nine in the rankings uh obviously not an ideal jump for notre dame i thought they might have been able to jump up a couple spots but the committee clearly still loves the big 10 east and the committee made a lot of moves tonight in my opinion that are designed to pump up ohio state to make sure that ohio state can you know, get as high as they can in the rankings, potentially even leapfrog Oregon. So uh, Notre Dame is obviously still uh, has an opportunity to continue to rise up. There's four teams that they hate basically have to, you know, five teams that they basically have to, to, to supplant at this point in time. It's going to be tough with three weeks left and then the college fo- and then the uh, conference championship games, but there are still plenty of games. The team, Ohio state has to play Michigan state and Michigan, Michigan still has to play Ohio state. Uh, Michigan State still has to play Ohio State and Penn State. So uh, Michigan plays Penn State this weekend. So there's still a lot that could happen. Oregon has a couple, you know, tests on their board. But let's just begin, Sean. What are your thoughts about where Notre Dame ranked at number nine? Well, when the initial rankings came out last week, I thought that the committee spoke very clearly about their disrespect for Cincinnati and how they felt about the way Cincinnati was playing after the defeat of Notre Dame. And in turn, I thought they took that out on Notre Dame by placing them where they were in the initial rankings because they considered that to be a bad loss. Now that you look at it and you see that Purdue is playing as well as they're playing, that's a very good win for Notre Dame. You look at uh, that loss to Cincinnati. As I said before, the committee makes it seem like it's a bad loss. And if you really look at how Notre Dame played that day, they, they weren't themselves. And I think you've discussed that. We've discussed that. If they play again and Notre Dame plays that game, you expect them very much to beat that Cincinnati team. So with that being said, I'm very encouraged because I expect fully, I expect Ohio State to beat Michigan and Michigan State. 
which would give both of those teams two losses. Oklahoma has two tough games against Iowa State left and then also uh, Bedlam against Oklahoma State. And for Oklahoma to be right in front of Notre Dame and they're undefeated, that says a lot as well. So Notre Dame is, is still on the outside with a slim shot to make the Final Four. But um, in the next coming weeks, I think they can make a lot of jumps and get up at least to that top six. So I realized that I had my mic muted. So I said all I said some, I had some really riveting stuff too there, Sean. Uh, what this ranking told me is that it's going to be harder for Notre Dame to climb up. It's still possible, yeah. Yeah. but they're going to need more than just uh, you know beat teams beating each other. They're going to need Cincinnati to lose. Yeah. They're going to need Oklahoma to lose. They're going to need Oregon to lose, and they're going to need you know. I mean, it, it just. I mean, I feel like they're moving Texas A and M up. You know, like it, how a team like Texas A&M is now all of a sudden ahead of some of the teams that they're ahead. It's just like, okay, now now what they're doing is, okay, now Texas A&M moving up to number 11 and Ole Miss staying, you know, at being at 15, despite their fact they're two weeks removed from a pretty convincing loss, tells me, okay, this is Bama pet resume padding going on at this point in time. Uh, Purdue moving up, going all the way up to 19 after not being ranked last week, no Houston at eight and one in the top 25 tells yeah. me that, okay, Wisconsin being at 18 and, you know, and Iowa still being at 20 tells me, okay, let's pump up the ace, the big 10, you know, Ohio state's resume. They got Michigan, Michigan state. And then now they've got uh, Purdue who they play this weekend, Wisconsin, who they, you know, Wisconsin or Iowa, one of those two is going to be in the big, potentially big 12 title game or big 10 title game. So, uh, I have a lot, a lot of problems. And here's my, here's another one. Some of these things that are a little schizophrenic. They had five and three Mississippi State at number seventeen last week. Right. They got beat by five and three Arkansas. Arkansas jumps into twenty five. Like they have the same record as what Mississippi State would have had had they beat Arkansas. And Arkansas beat number eleven Texas A and M. Who did Mississippi State beat to jump up to number seventeen last week? It's a it's a completely schizophrenic uh, rankings, and the fact that Michigan was and, and I, I got to double check this again because I'm almost like not even believing that I heard that. Maybe I just saw it wrong. The fact that Michigan is ranked ahead of Michigan State, yeah, identical records head to head just less than two weeks ago. It's um. <laughs> There's a lot wrong with this poll, Sean. And you can a look at the wrong. back end. You can look at the back end because you would think, look, head to head, it was settled on the field. Michigan State should be in front of Michigan with similar records. Then you go to a six and three Purdue team that's ahead of a seven and two Iowa team at 19 and 20. And the reason that they're ahead of them is because they beat them on the field. Right. Head up. So right. if that's the case. Why can't you do that with Michigan, Michigan State? Right. You know, right. there's just too many inconsistencies in the way things look in this 20 top 25 of the CFP rankings. And I can't I can't get a hold on what the committee is doing. 
they seem schizophrenic mm-hmm. and all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just like you. I am totally confused. Totally confused. They basically are saying that the two conferences we respect are the SEC and the Big Ten. Not even that. Yeah, yeah, because there's th- the three Western teams. Like, the Big Ten's getting a ton of love, and I still don't yeah. understand how Penn State's not ranked because Penn State beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin, and they both have six and three records. Right. So it, it was a very um, – very puzzling, very puzzling top 25. Uh, just it, it's almost like like you had mentioned to me before you, the, what metrics this is the this is the thing that you always kind of learn that they've got a you know it's the committee's a little new this year. There's a lot of new faces. Yeah. And you wonder how those people are going to look at it. And, and and you had mentioned that the, this whole game control thing is being used more, which I think is an absurd metric to use. And so who gets more credit, Michigan for being in control of that game for more often or the team that actually won the freaking game? Right. Right. In Michigan State. It's absurd. I mean, there's there's no justification for Michigan and Michigan State with identical records, almost identical opponent um, overall opponent records. It's like within a game or two of each other. And if you add in FCS Youngstown State, Michigan State's is better because they're like six and two, something like that. I don't look at those, and I don't think the committee really looks at FCS as part of strength of schedule either. But I, there's no justification for me. It'd be one thing if they played a month ago, because I ha- they we have said like, look, how you're playing now matters. So what did Michigan in the last week and two days, three right. days, all of a sudden start playing better than what Michigan State did when they beat them? Uh, it just it backs up what we had what we were concerned about last week, Sean. It's the recency bias that the committee has done such a great job of avoiding in the past is rearing its ugly head yet again. That's the only way you can have Texas A&M as the best loss, as the best two loss team. It's the only way you can have Texas A&M there is because they're playing well now. You know, I mean, like here, here's the point. You mentioned the the Purdue being ahead of, of, of Iowa, right? right? Even though Iowa has a better record. Right. Well, how do you justify that? The head to head. Okay. Well, then, then you talk about the inconsistency because I agree with what you said. Then why isn't Arkansas ahead of Texas A&M? Yeah. Arkansas is is six and three. They lost to number one Georgia. They lost to number fifteen Ole Miss by a point in a game where Ole Miss went for two at the end, mm-hmm. and then they lost to Auburn. Well, you know what they also did. They convincingly beat, and you know, you talk about game control. That game was never competitive against Texas A and M on a neutral field, and I believe it was in Dallas, right? It was closer to A and M than Arkansas. They convincingly beat Texas A and M. So, and Arkansas is in it because they knocked off the number seventeen team that you had seventeen last week in Mississippi State. So, how is A and M at eleven, and Arkansas is at twenty five? Because they value certain wins and they devalue certain losses as i said before they literally look at that cincinnati loss mm-hmm. as a really bad loss yeah. to go today they really do they look at that alabama win as a really big time win for texas a&m like forget mm-hmm. the loss to arkansas they mm-hmm. beat alabama that's mm-hmm. what they're saying in the room yeah, yeah we know they lost to arkansas but hey when they got right they were good enough to beat Alabama. The right. quarterback, that was like one of his first starts. You know, he's much better now. And the better he gets, they were able to beat Alabama. Right. That's how they're looking at it. And they're not taking in the full resume of these teams over a season, which is really mm-hmm. sad because 
you go out there, these kids go out there and put it on the line each and every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Try to state the best case for that team to be as high as they can in the rankings and get to the best bowl that they can. Yeah. It's up to people in a boardroom that just want to sit there and look at a single game to say, oh, wow, they beat Alabama. So that yeah. must mean that they're better than 12 other teams right. and other teams just because they beat Alabama. And that's just not solid thinking. That's not the way to select a, a top 25. You have to go by the full resume of these teams mm-hmm. and look at every game, you know, in context. It doesn't matter. There are a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. That's like Penn State. You can give Penn State credit for even being close at Iowa. Mm-hmm. And Iowa. and Ohio State. Yes. You talk about you because since Iowa wasn't just close without Sean Clifford, they were, they were winning seventeen to three when he yes. got hurt. Yes. Real real quick, couple things. Mike Hoff says, "I hope Purdue ends the Ohio State talk. Uh, it's going to be hard for Purdue to pull off a third huge win this year. Uh, you just hope that it's competitive enough uh, to for Purdue to stay in the top 25. Mike also says, do you think past playoff losses are affecting this? By the way, Mike, thank you for those super, two super chats. I don't. No. I, I have no evidence of that. I'm trying to go off of evidence and, and, and logical thinking. Some of the things that I'm saying about how these things don't make sense, it, it, I don't have evidence for it, but logically I can look at things. Like I'm not advocating that Arkansas should be ranked ahead of Texas A&M, but I'm saying how do you have that big of a gap between those two when right. – you have when you have Purdue with a worse record ahead of Iowa, who's seven and two, right? So that's kind of where where what what I mean by that is. And the is, number one di- differentiator supposedly is head to head, right? Yeah, yeah. They tell us we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You got a couple other super chats here that I want to get to, Sean, before we lose them. Uh, Brandon says, uh, Brian, I feel you. Do you think the do, the do the playoff committee's job? You do the playoff committee's jet, uh, job better than they do. I honestly doubt they're doing a deep dive and looking into these teams' resumes. Joke. It does strike it does strike me that the committee is using more uh, 
analytics this year than they have in the past. I feel like last in the past, there's been more coaches and football people as opposed to, you know, the coaches that actually work hard. I mean, Tyron Willingham didn't watch a lot of film when he was actually a coach at Notre Dame in Washington. I doubt he's doing a lot now that he's not coaching anymore. Uh, As one example, I'm worried about the makeup of this committee that they're not, there's not enough football people on there. And, and that's a legitimate concern that I have because there's a lot of, I don't want to say politics because that's not the right word. I'm trying to think of the right word to use talking yourself into certain things. Yeah. And then a lot of things that you can look at and look at game control and all this. Cause I don't see any justification for Michigan being sixth. No, none at all. None. Cause Apple, what's, what's Michigan's resume built upon beating who yeah. the number 18 team in the country. That's their best win. That's the best win. And they lose to Michigan State. And in my opinion, they played a close game against Rutgers that people forget about as well. Rutgers was mm-hmm. in that game well into the fourth quarter. Right. And Nebraska played them. Nebraska the- played them. Nebraska's played a lot of teams really close. Nebraska has play. not lost a game this year by more than nine points. Yeah. If, if, if Nebraska had a better coach. Yes. They probably would be six and three, seven. At least. Yeah, exactly. 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 And they would have probably beat Ohio State this weekend. They would have beat Ohio State. They probably beat Oklahoma. They definitely beat Illinois to start the season. That's three losses going What's funny is that was their most convincing loss, meaning they only lost by seven. Illinois was controlling that game. The whole time, yeah. Yes, yes. Illinois, I think it was like the second or third quarter, Illinois just started really pulling ahead. But, yeah, yeah. The, the Michigan ranking, to me, in, in our conversation this week, I actually advocated for Notre Dame's resume is now more impressive than Michigan's. You know, just because of Michigan's opponents went one of eight last weekend. It's like mm-hmm. that didn't even come into consideration by the committee, which was – confusing to say the least uh and brandon thank you for the super chat also got a super chat from mike nolan mike i appreciate that very much i'm just looking down here to see if mike has a question just because i know sometimes the uh um let's see here yeah here here's one from uiw swimmer i think this is a good point that we were just talking about right notre dame loses to the number five team right? Michigan State loses to like opponent, right? And they lost the same opponent, meaning Notre Dame beat Purdue. And then U of M loses to Michigan State, but both are ranked ahead of Notre Dame. So here, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Michigan State is now one and one against top 25 teams, correct? They have a win over number six and a loss over number 19. Am I correct on that? That's correct. Michigan is also one and one. Michigan lost to number. I'm sorry. Michigan beat Michigan State lost uh, beat um, beat number six, and then Michigan lost to number seven, yeah. and then beat number eighteen. Notre Dame is two and one against top twenty five teams. Same record as Michigan and Michigan State. They're two and one. They beat number eighteen. They beat number nineteen, and they lost to number five. So again, to to this this to this point right here is what about those resumes now is better than what Notre Dame's resume is. Their losses came against big 10 teams, which is ranked as the second best. Right. And to your point, your point, Notre Dame lost to a group of five team. 
There you go. That's what they're saying. Yeah. You know, and, and so to me, and somebody says down here, I test Brian. I, I'm talking about I test because if I, I test has to come after who you beat. Right. Right. I'm sorry. I t- and the other thing about I test is Notre Dame's last three games have been by have, last three wins have been by double figures. Right. Well, last three games have been double figure wins. Michigan's last three games includes a loss. Right. It's been over a month since yeah. Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati. In the past, the committee has kind of looked at like, how are you playing now? I feel like Notre Dame's the one team that's not getting credit for how they're playing now. That 10-point win over North Carolina should be looking a lot better right now. And I feel like they weren't given credit for that. And it's like they almost, well, they beat Purdue so long ago. Well, their game against Purdue wasn't that long before they played Cincinnati. And lost. And that Cincinnati. game against Purdue was – at the lowest point as far as the development of this Notre Dame team. Like, they beat Purdue, which is a really good team. I think Purdue is top five against the pass. They struggle in rush defense, but, of course, having one of the best edge rushers and the secondary that they do, they're really good against the pass. Mm -hmm. So they were able to be able to combat what Notre Dame wanted to do, and the offensive line was struggling. Right but now they face the Notre Dame team that is totally different than the Notre Dame team that's going out and taking right. the field today or this coming Saturday. So yeah. with that being said, Notre Dame, in my opinion, should be top seven right now. If we're really looking at who they beat, yeah, and that's beat, where I had them. They beat yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, they beat Purdue. They lost to Cincinnati. They beat North Carolina, and. Those are pretty much the three main big big wins. Am I yep. missing somebody? Right? No, I, I I'm looking. Purdue, I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking Purdue, at this here. Wisconsin and North Carolina, who just beat Wake Forest. Here's here's this question I have, Sean. Has Ohio State beat a team ranked in the top twenty five yet? <laughs> no. No. So how how are they four? right now at this point in time you say well oklahoma hasn't beat anybody okay who is ohio state's beating that's better than who who ohio state's beat or oklahoma you know what i mean like who is ohio state beat that's better than who oklahoma's beat once again because ohio state has one of these on their docket oklahoma doesn't yeah now once again the committee is saying to themselves that's a darn good loss that Ohio State has. Yeah, but you at yeah. some point, see, in the past, the committee's always said we care more about your who you beat right. than who you lost to. Yeah. So my question is again, and if that was such a good loss, then why isn't Oregon ahead of Alabama? I agree with that. Because Alabama beat Alabama beat number 15, and that's it. Right? And you know what's different about this Alabama team? Like we've seen Alabama teams lose, but I've actually seen Alabama get physically dominated mm-hmm. more than once this year. Right. They got physically dominated by Florida, who mm-hmm. has man, that team has gone off the rails the entire season, but they dominated, physically dominated right. Alabama in the second half of that game. Texas AM did the same thing in the middle of that game. They controlled the middle of that game and physically dominated Alabama. I'll give you another thing. If we'll be honest, LSU came in to Alabama. And Alabama, physically- Sean, rushed for six 
yards yes. against LSU. Yes. Six yards against LSU. And this is LSU missing starters. On this is an LSU team that the week, the game before, gave up 265 yards to Ole Miss, mm -hmm. gave up 330 to Kentucky, and 210 to UCLA, yes. held Alabama to six. So if we're looking at resumes, right? How is because of what the committee has also said in the past is that they take into account context. Are you missing your starting quarterback? Well, right now, Oregon's only loss was when their offensive coordinator was rushed into the hospital for an emergency surgery the day of the game, right? And their performance that game against an inferior team was significantly different than what it was before or has been since. And it was In the past, they've ball. said they looked at that. Yeah. Clearly, they're not looking at that because yeah. Oregon has a win over a team that if the season ended today, they have a win over a team that you as the committee have in the college football playoff. Alabama's best win is over number 15. Yeah. So there's just not like, here's my thing, Sean. You want to know why I'm a little frustrated by this? As long as I can point to your criteria and, and apply it consistently, I'm, I'm really okay with your results. As long as I can understand it. The problem is this has been the year where I am seeing the most inconsistency in the application of the standards. Right. So you got to tell me what my standard is. Yeah. Right. And if you're not telling me what the standard is or you're not applying the standard to everybody, then then we have a problem because I don't know what I'm supposed to do as an AD or a coach. Like, am I supposed to go play tougher teams or should I be like Ohio State and play like one good team and then just like play a bunch of teams that stink and then blow them out? And then when I play somebody good again, they give me a good game. Right. I'm yeah. having a little hard time. I got a couple super chats I want to get to, Sean. Matt Baisley has a super chat. I know not relevant per se, but interesting thought experiment. BCS standings would have us at six ahead of Michigan and Michigan State. Matt, can you show me where that is? I'd love to see that link and look yeah. at that because my issue with the BCS was always that it, there was no, it seemed to have no rhyme or reason. With the committee in the past, I've always felt like I didn't always agree with every decision, but I could understand it and respect it. The problem I have with this is how was this any different than the the nonsense that we saw from the AP and polls back in the day? Yeah. Right? Inconsistent standards, recency bias. That's why we went away from the polls. We were supposed to get a bunch of educated people that were going to really be consistent and put all the BS to the side and focus on finding the four best teams, Right. Well, you can't look at this and tell me that they're applying any rem anything remotely consistent to to the same standard. Because so what you're telling me, it was better for Ohio State to lose at home to Oregon than for Oklahoma to beat whoever they played that weekend. And now they've both won all their other games the outside of that. But yeah. Ohio State's going to get credit for a loss because you don't have Ohio State fourth based on who they've played and beat. Nick said, well, they beat teams convincingly. They haven't beat a single team with a with a decent record convincingly. And let's not forget, they were losing to Minnesota before Ibrahim got hurt. Very first game, absolutely. absolutely. And then when he got hurt, that's when Ohio State that's started to take. The game. Yeah. This, yep. and, and just looking forward just a little bit, because we know what's coming as far as the college football playoff uh, expansion is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And I think we're kind of seeing a precursor of – what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 taken care of. Mm -hmm. The top four to six 
with the top four to six picks. And then after that, it's going to be a fight for six, seven, and eight. And if Notre Dame loses one game, Notre Dame will pretty much be solidified to be in that top. You're literally getting to see what it's going to be like once expansion hits. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, yeah. If, if it was expansion and it was eight teams, Notre Dame would be good as gold. Yeah. Ain't schedule. Yeah. It would be good as gold. They're basically a lock for the playoff at this yeah. point in time. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the question will now be is, are they going to get a home game? Which that would, the way the schedule set up for everybody else probably right. would. Right. Like but, definitely would. Right. I think we're starting to see a precursor of how they're going to give more credit to these right. and why they want the expansion to be able to allow a non-power five yep. team to make it into the uh, playoffs. Yeah. Then give more credit. And this right. is another thing we have to be, you know, Oregon, even though they're in the top four, Oregon has to be upset because their dance partner is not doing their job. And that's USC mm-hmm. in the Pac-12. Like, yeah. you need- they need Arizona State to win out because yeah. Arizona State still has three losses, right? Well, so what I mean by that is like USC yeah. has to be that other program. Name that, program, that, yes. That name program that's right. playing well in the Pac-12. Right. So that beating USC means because are, are, you're arguing, if I'm reading you correctly, Sean, that beating a nine and three USC team is going to look a lot different than beating a nine and three Arizona State team, Absolutely. just perception wise. Absolutely. When the committee's making decisions like this, I would agree with you. In the past, yeah. I just said, "No, Sean, I think you're wrong, man." You know, the committee doesn't look at that. They've done a good job of looking at the resume, not the not the helmet sticker. Yeah. You know, uh, not the mascot. This I I can't. I'd ha- I'd say, hey, you know what, man, I, I see it. So, but they need they need you. At, so so. Arizona State plays at Washington, at Oregon State, and home against Arizona. They're six and three right now. They need them to win out. Win out. Yep. You know, and now Utah jumping in the top 25 helps. So Utah's now 24. They're uh, six and three, right? They're six and three. They play at Arizona this week. If they win, there's a good chance they jump up high enough. Cause what you, what they need, what Oregon needs is for Utah to jump up high enough this weekend mm-hmm. that they don't fall out the next weekend if Oregon beats them. Right. Because then they they play, so that that would be that would be big for them. You know, one thing, Sean, I love is when we have people in our chat. Because you know how much I love our our crew, Sean, and that's one of the reasons Sean likes to do the show with us is because he feels the same way about y'all. But yeah, uh, and 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 I love when people challenge us and think outside the box, come up with great points. Right? right. Here's one. We have a super chat from Terrence and Ashley Bergen. Terrence says, the, this is really interesting. Think about this, because I didn't read it correctly at first, and that's why I waited, because I wanted to let it marinate in my head a little bit. The UM over Michigan State, I believe, opens the door for this committee to move Notre Dame past Cincinnati. If we're now looking at who is a more complete team rather than head-to-head, that's a really interesting point. It is, and it's unfair. And this is what I mean by that. I totally agree. From a Notre Dame football from, standpoint. From a Notre right. Dame football standpoint. And I've said this on my podcast. I'm interested in hearing what you and, and all of your listeners think about this. Look, from a – I know Notre Dame fans, I know how we feel. We feel like it's us against the world, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's fine. There is a bias when it comes to the media towards Notre Dame mm-hmm. and the narratives and the spins. I totally agree with that. When it comes to the business of football, trust me, the TV networks, the committee, love. There's nothing they love more mm-hmm. than the brand 
of Notre right. Dame. Right. If they can assure that Notre Dame will make the playoffs, they would take it every yes. year. I, I want I want to clear something up, Sean. Somebody yeah. said this. Searcher Green said, talk about politics if Notre Dame moves ahead of Cincinnati without Cincinnati losing. Just so you're clear, I don't think that's what the per, what Terrence is and, and, Terrence or Ashley. I don't want to no. assume that it's Terrence making the chat. No. What he's saying is that if Cincinnati loses, because what or, he's saying is if we're looking, or I, if they continue to struggle, that way they'd, it'd have to be that circumstance. I think right. I would think that he's saying my, if Cincinnati loses and goes, because I think you'd have a hard time putting a thirteen and zero Cincinnati team behind an eleven and one Notre Dame team. That's where that data point of the extra game would matter more to me, even so, though I still would say, well, they also beat an FCS team, which doesn't count. So you're talking about the championship, the AAC championship. Yes, yeah. yes, because now they're two wins ahead of Notre Dame. Right. I, right. I don't right. care as much about that when it's 12-1 and one versus 11-1 and one because usually the 12-1 and one has an FCS win. Yeah, I do care a little bit more if it's two wins ahead. But if there's a, if there's a one loss and a one loss, that is the one thing I'll say. Notre Dame at five and Cincinnati, Notre Dame at nine and Cincinnati at five. If Cincinnati loses, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Notre Dame leaves them. And now to hit to Terrence's point or Ash or Ashley's point, I think the the Michigan, Michigan State thing is yes, that team was better that day, but we got to look at the entire thing of this. And the entire thing of this is who else has Cincinnati beat? That's what the committee said last week. And they've always been consistent about this, right? Yeah. Who else have they beat? But here's my problem with that. Why are you only applying that to Cincinnati and not Ohio State? Not Ohio State. Why are you applying that to Oklahoma, but not Ohio State? Yeah. So Oklahoma's getting applied a standard of, well, you haven't beat anybody. And, and, Ohio, and Ohio State's not having that same standard applied to them. Yeah. You say, well, Ohio State played Oregon, and they lost convincingly at home. That was not a seven-point game. If you're going to talk about game control, that was not a competitive game. Yeah, Ohio State, Oregon controlled that game from start to finish without their two best defensive players, including a guy that some people think is going to be the number one overall draft pick in the NFL draft. Yep. So they're just this is this is my issue with the whole ranking, is Sean is there just seems to be a lot of inconsistency here. And, and that's the thing that, that really frustrates me is 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 that part of it. It just like how is a three loss Auburn team still ranked ahead of Wisconsin, Purdue, and Iowa? They, I mean, Auburn it's to set up another win for Alabama down the road. Absolutely, because if Auburn drops down to twenty one or twenty two, and then Alabama beats them, then they're out. Then they're out. Tommy, but to Terrence, I'm sorry to Terrence and Ashley's point. Um, the committee is not just about Cincinnati. The committee is always looking mm -hmm. for a way to get Notre Dame into a yeah. big time game. That, yeah. For, just for money reasons. Mm -hmm. They love the brand. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I can and, see and that does matter, you know. And here, here's something I want to respond to, too, from John Kristovic. If Cincinnati and Notre Dame have one loss, you have to rank Cincinnati ahead of Notre Dame because Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. That, that, no, that 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 is never and should never be as simple stated. What I will always say is if the resumes are similar, like, I mean, like on the same par, you yeah. go at the head-to-head, -head, especially since Cincinnati beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. Right? But here's yeah. the thing. If Notre Dame continues to win – and let's say Purdue only loses to Ohio State but doesn't lose again. Wisconsin yeah. makes the – you know, you, you have to look at the entire season. You can't just look yeah. at 
who was better that one particular day. It has to be who was because otherwise, okay, um, you know, why does it only why does the head to head only matter if they have the same number of losses? Why shouldn't the head to head matter? Why shouldn't Texas A&M be ranked ahead of Alabama? So they have one less loss. Well, why does that matter? You know, if head to head so important, then it you know you should always do it. And it, you it have to look at the entire resume. Right? What's that? It has to be a discussion. Yes. Like if we're because their job at the end of the season, not in the middle mm-hmm. of the season or the beginning of the season, at the end of the season is to put the best four teams mm-hmm. in the college football playoff and then the other teams into the New Year six. Right. The other two slots. That's their job. And so at right. the end of the day, if both teams have one loss, it doesn't I won't say it doesn't matter that Cincinnati beat them at Notre Dame. It matters. But if you're looking at Notre Dame after that loss compared to Cincinnati and how they play after that win, the way things are trending, it won't even be close as to who has been the better team. Assuming Notre Dame continues continues to do right. And Cincinnati continues their trend of not really dominating lesser opponents. Right. Because if Cincinnati continues doing that and – drops a game right. or even if even if they go undefeated just for art just to make it really interesting and notre dame continues to kind of win by seven to ten points per game then notre dame doesn't have the resume to jump over cincinnati no, no. it's more about if since because here's the other thing too we're having a completely different conversation about cincinnati if they would have pounded the last three bad teams they've played yeah. if they would have pounded tulsa pounded navy and pounded Tulane like they should have i'd say boy cincinnati's getting screwed because you wouldn't just have the win over Notre Dame. You'd have the win over Notre Dame. You'd have a blowout win over a 6-3 and three UCF team. It's not great, but still 6-3. Right. and three. And then they're just pounding everybody else that they're playing. 14-point win over Indiana, whatever. But that's the problem is it's, it's got to be the whole resume. And the, and the reality is Cincinnati is not playing good football and hasn't been for about a month. Yeah. And that's the problem. Now, if Cincinnati gets back on track and starts crushing their next several opponents, then we can have, we'll have a different conversation. Right. But we I can't predict that. We can only go off what we're seeing now. Notre Dame has three straight double-digit wins uh, over Power 5 teams and then mm-hmm. Navy. And they beat Navy far more convincingly than what Cincinnati did just two weeks ago. Right. And, you know, those things have to be factored in. So the entire resume always should be taken into account. The only time head-to-head should be the trump card is if the resumes are somewhat close. Cincinnati's resume at the end of the year is not going to be as good as Notre Dame's outside of that one big win over Notre Dame. Yeah. And so, and here's the really crazy thing. What happens if Purdue beats Ohio State this weekend, which I do not think is going to happen? Now, all of a sudden, Notre Dame's resume is going to look really crazy good because where where does Purdue go then? They're going to be in the top 15 next week. Yeah. So those are the things, Sean, that, that are going to make it really interesting. We've got another super chat from, from Daniel Wade. I was wrong. Head-to-head no longer matters. Number six, <laughs> Michigan. Number seven, Michigan State. I think my problem with that too, Daniel, is uh, – uh, and thank you for the super chat, by the way, Daniel. My my bigger issue isn't even that they won head-to-head. It's that they won head-to-head a week and a half ago. Right. This isn't like – like you could like your point about Notre Dame was what, Sean? Notre Dame since then has been a much better team. Yeah. You can't say – I mean, Michigan, boy, they really proved themselves against Indiana. No. That, that, <laughs> week. It was literally it was a week, week and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a week and a half ago. So it's – um, 
it, it didn't make. You know, it didn't you make know what's crazy? Let's just for a second before you get to the next mm-hmm. next point. If Notre Dame had beaten, and I know this is hypothetical, but if Notre Dame had beaten Cincinnati, Notre Dame would be the number two team. That's what makes me still so pissed about that. This is how the committee, uh, this is so funny because this is how the committee plays. Notre Dame will be number two and they will have no need to guarantee Alabama because so they will basically sit Alabama at four or five, maybe Mm -hmm. even outside. They will give Ohio State and Oregon credit, sit Alabama at five, knowing that Alabama has the opportunity to play Georgia and can play their way in. And they mm-hmm. have Georgia and Notre Dame sitting there. It's all it's politics, it's money, it's so we wanted to just clearly be about competition and resumes. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's that's not the way it goes. And like you said, they are setting up the roadmap to fortify Alabama having a berth yeah. in a college football playoff. They yep. they really are. So yep. now People, we have to all become Georgia fans in the SEC championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lakwame Anyane Yaboa says, let's root for Purdue. North Carolina came through for us last week. Purdue also came through for Notre Dame last week. But, uh, yeah, Purdue, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Notre Dame fans need to be like big proponents of those teams moving forward because they've all got opportunities to – help build Notre Dame's resume because Wisconsin, if they went out, has a chance to go to the big team. Right. And then they get a play chance to play Ohio state, which would be very interesting. Matt Baisley with a super chat. Thank you for that, Matt. It says often discuss head to head morally team X one. So they deserve it. I get it, but it's important to remember college football playoffs supposed to be picking the four best teams and head to head wins are only a data point. And it's absolutely right now. It's a data point that I put in my, my deal breakers, right? Yeah. Like if things are close, yeah. you know, I'm putting it here because like a lot of things like here's the problem with computers. There's so few big game conference crossover, meaning Oregon, Ohio State is unique. Yep. We don't see Alabama doing that, right? Um, Georgia this year didn't really do they, – they tried, right? But they didn't do it practically because Clemson has stunk, Right. right? Now again, I'm not. That's not a knock on Georgia. Georgia tried. You don't. You don't schedule Clemson if you're not. You know what I mean. So I'm. On, I'm talking practically how it played out. It, it doesn't. You can't really look at that and say, well, now you know how the ACC would match up against such and such. And so a lot of these metrics are flawed from inherently because we do see so little conference crossover right. from top team to top team. Like you know, Alabama beat Miami. Well, Miami's a middle of the road. ACC. ACC team, you and know, a bad year for the ACC, right? And and you say, okay, well, Alabama beat beat Miami by twenty one at on a on a neutral field. Well, Michigan State beat Miami by twenty one at Miami. Yeah. Right, and, and so it's like it just it's just another example of where there's just why why is Michigan State ranked behind Alabama if if we're if losses don't matter. You know, I mean, Alabama lost in October. It's not like especially, they lost September 11th. You know what I mean? Especially if we're looking at eye tests. Right. I'm just going to be honest. Like, the Big Ten is full of physical teams. Yeah. That's what they do. They're physical. They like to run the ball. Teams that have been able to establish the line of scrimmage and run the ball have played really close games against Alabama this year. Mm-hmm. It's the teams that want to be wide open and throw the ball, a la Ole Miss. 
Mm-hmm. If they go in and dominate because it just becomes right. a game of fast, great basketball. It's a game of athletes. Absolutely. And no one beats Alabama no in a game beats, of athletes. No one beats that. Except Clemson, you know, a yeah. few years ago. few years ago. <laughs> but if you line up, Will Anderson wants to get – he's the best well, – probably the second best defensive lineman in all of college football. And if you want to line up and throw the ball 40 times – yeah. He's going to be a factor. Right. If you make him play defense and make him play the run and slow him down a little bit, they have smallest lines. It's just not the same Alabama team. That's what upsets me about them being number two. Mm-hmm. I can see if we we're talking about Bama three, four years ago, where it was obvious. Like, even if they took a tough loss or they lost to a Johnny Manziel, it was very obvious that they were one of the best teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. You can't convincingly tell me that based upon what I've seen just from the eye test, that they're one of the top four without question. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Right. I don't. More than likely, they'd probably be favored against everybody except for as the they would be the favorite against right. everybody except for Georgia at this point. Right. But my thing would be based on what? Right. Right. It's the and that's where I've always felt the committee doesn't look at the past as much. I don't know how you can have Alabama there because again, Alabama's got, you know, they they beat a, a good old miss team at home and then lost on the road to AM. So I don't know how they would match up against some of these teams on a neutral field. And for the A&M reasons you was mentioned. A, was biggest lead, AM biggest lead was was it 14 or 17 in that game? Oh, yeah, because Alabama was getting worked for a little while yeah, there. In the middle of that game, AM dominated that game. I think and, big- and let's not forget Alabama has struggled on the road before. They almost got yes. beat by Florida, who's not good. It was Absolutely. 24-10 at halftime. And I'm looking at the, the game flow. It was 24-10 was the biggest lead that they and then it was also a 14-point lead in this in the third quarter. Okay. Alabama scored and then um to make it 30-24-17, and then uh, Arcane. Uh, took the kickoff. Akane took it right back. Right. 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 And then Alabama took a lead in the fourth quarter and then blew it in the last five minutes. Yeah. You know, so. And, and literally almost blew it against LSU last yeah, Saturday night. Almost blew it against Florida. LSU had two chances, two very right. good chances in Alabama territory to win that game. So you're going to punish Cincinnati for that. Rightly yeah. so. Yeah. Why aren't you punishing Alabama for that? It is, again, it just goes down to the whole double standard thing. You're going to say, well, Cincinnati hasn't beaten anybody. Well, number one, they beat Notre Dame. That's a yeah. far better resume builder than anything Ohio State has. Yeah. At this point in time, like what right now, like honestly, what is Ohio State's resume built on to be number four? I don't know, man. I have nothing. I mean, their best win is over what, Minnesota? Who's not in the top 25 anymore. They just lost Illinois. I think the best thing for them is the way they started dominating teams. But they were were bad Until they started playing good teams again. Yeah. Yeah. Penn State, they didn't dominate. No. Who's not in the top 25. They didn't dominate Nebraska. Nebraska, they didn't dominate. And again, Nebraska is not your typical three and and six team because Nebraska is – been competitive all year they were they nebraska's played three top 10 teams lost by nine seven and three and led at one point i believe in each of those games those games absolutely so um we got another question this is one i want to address paul owing says why does it even matter thank you for the super chat 
Paul. And then thank you for the super chat also, Matt. Uh, why does it even matter if a team drops out of the top 25 after you beat them? The loss you dealt them knocked them out. It, it matters because you're always supposed to look at a team on the whole. Right. Perfect example. And it's an extreme example. And I have two extreme examples. Okay. In 2015, Notre Dame beat Georgia Tech when they were ranked 14th in the country. They were a preseason top team. They were 2-0 and and had blown out their first two opponents, scored 60 against both teams. But those opponents were Alcorn State and Tulane. Notre Dame beats Georgia Tech convincingly. Final was 30-22, but they covered like re- recovered two onside kicks and all that stuff. And then Georgia Tech finishes 3-9. and nine. So when you look at it, did Notre Dame really beat a, a, a number 14 team? No. The other extreme example is 2013. Notre Dame beats an unranked Michigan State, State team at home. Michigan State was not ranked. At the end of the year, if we had a playoff, and let's say Notre Dame was 11-1, wouldn't you want credit for Michigan State being a 12-1 top five team? Yeah. You would. And so you have to look at it on the whole. Where was the team ranked on the whole? And the whole and that includes because like if you beat a team and you knock them out of the top 25, they had some black marks on their resume anyway, right? They they had some negatives on their their resume anyway. And so that should matter. It should matter what happened because then otherwise you get into this weird twisted game of well, if they'd have beat you, they'd be ranked here. Because you could say that about everybody. I mean, if Kansas would have upset Oklahoma and I could list off the other seven teams that they've played, they'd be ranked in the top 25, but they didn't. They lost all those games because they're terrible. And so you have to go by what a team is. And when a team gets knocked out of the top 25, like Minnesota, for example, by Illinois, they got knocked out because their resume was such. Like if Cincinnati loses to you know, SMU in two weeks, they're not going to fall out of the top 25. They're just going to yeah. fall out of the top five, yeah. you know? And so that's why it should always matter. You should always be evaluated. That's why I've never really cared much about, you know, Notre Dame's record against teams when they play them because so many of those games were September games. Like Notre Dame beat a top 10 Stanford team in 2018. Well, Stanford finished nine and five that year and unranked. So did they really beat a top 10 team? I, I think you, I, I can't, I can't accept that. Right. Sometimes I can if a yeah. team had a lot of injuries. Like I think Florida State in 2014 beat a really good Notre Dame team. I agree, but that was not the same Notre Dame team that lost three in a row in the end, four in a row at the end of the year at because the of, the year. Yeah. of injuries. They had a ton of injuries since that game. So there's always circumstances where I think that has to be taken into consideration. But those are usually rare. You don't see a lot of those type of situations when teams just fall apart because of some injuries. When you look at the so, top, top seven teams there. Mm-hmm. It's just hit me as I looked at the top seven teams again. Is Alabama the only team in that top seven that you can say has struggled against lesser teams? No, um, I think Oregon has struggled against lesser teams. But you talked uh, you talked about you talked about them the Stanford game. But was, that's not that's not the game I'm referring to because okay. I can't. For me, oh, I don't even hold that against them. I look at Fresno. They struggled right? against Washington for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Fresno, they beat Fresno by a touchdown. That wasn't an overly convincing game. They struggled against Cal. Right. Cal's not really good. So, I mean, they've had their share of games, too. UCLA was a competitive game. They're yeah. an inferior team. But I think all these teams have blemishes. I mean, Ohio State. Teams, Ohio State, you about to mention Ohio State. Yeah. They struggled against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. This goes to my point. Like, we have teams in the top four that have clearly struggled against lesser teams. Mm-hmm. Right? 
all of them but in punish, multiple games. But you punish an undefeated Oklahoma. And an undefeated Cincinnati. For that reason. Right. And right. But you're saying this is this is what I don't like. Now, do you judge a team based upon who they should be? Or do you judge them based upon who the other team is? It yeah. gets interesting, right? Right. So now you get to differentiate the struggles of Cincinnati being worse than the struggles of Alabama. Right. Because they struggled against an SEC bad right. team rather than a bad AAC team. Navy. Yeah. Too yeah. Late. But it's right. like it really should be you struggled against a team that's lesser than you. regardless. Yeah, of and I think a team like Tulane needs to be looked at differently by the committee. You know, because Tulane's not Tulane very good. Gave Oklahoma trouble. They gave Oklahoma trouble. They gave yeah. Cincinnati trouble. And another one of their losses was to Ole Miss. Yes. So, you know, I just – I, I kind of feel like – I kind of feel like when, when we look at this thing that there's just a, a lot of inconsistency again. And there's no method to the madness, in in my opinion. And to, to your point, you know, Sean, back to your point, you, you look at – we talked about Ohio State, the games that they struggled in, Minnesota. Tulsa. I mean, it was thirteen to six at halftime. They pulled right. that game away real late. It was much more competitive than the final score. Penn State and Nebraska. Michigan State has several games like that. Michigan State struggled against Nebraska. They struggled against Indiana, and then they got beat by Purdue. Yeah, right. And then and then you look at Michigan. Michigan beat Rutgers by seven. By seven. They struggled to beat. Uh, Nebraska, and then of course lost to Michigan State. You could argue that Michigan has the fewest of those type of games of those other teams on the schedule. You know, um, yeah. But of course, then Michigan's schedule. You know, Michigan's. So I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of a lot of head scratchers. A lot of head scratchers. Is this one of the toughest years, in your opinion, to be able to do this for the committee, just based upon the fact that you don't have those clear cut. Donald yeah, ACC, yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. The clear-cut dominant, dominant yeah. teams you don't have. Let me get a super chat in here, Sean, real quick, and I want to answer that because that's a great point, and I've yeah. got a good response for that. Uh, Tommy Gunn says, I think, I think, I still think Bama gets in with a close loss to Georgia. Let's go Auburn. 100% agree with you. The way that – I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say that you're wrong, Tommy, because of the way that they're pumping up, um, <laughs> you know. Was- yeah, yeah. Just put the schedule and all the yeah. Uh, metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the super chat, Tommy. Neil Walker says the college football uh, college football is afraid of a thirteen and zero Cincinnati and eleven and one Notre Dame crowd out Power Fives. I, I I could see that. I could see that. Thank you for the super chat, Neil. Got got another one down here, Sean, because I, I really like. I want to get to that point. It was or that question was a really good one. Uh, Eight oh eight Eds with things being so crazy so far in these rankings. You guys think if something continues down this path, there could be a revolution to change the system. Maybe schools coming forward to change the system. Well, the schools are responsible for this. Responsible, yeah. I mean, the people that are on this committee are former athletic directors, former presidents, former coaches. So, this is the thing that always kills me. If you say, you know, when are the when are schools going to step up and and tell the NCA what's well? The the NCA is made up of. The schools, the school presidents are the decision makers. Yeah, right. I mean, so these are the schools making these dumb decisions, and so that's why people say, "Well, the schools just need to go do their own thing." That's what the NCA is. The NCA was created by the schools. It's their own monster. Yeah, you know. So um, I, I get where you're coming from, but I mean, I, 
and they are changing the system. They're going to go to an expanded playoff where a lot of this stuff doesn't. But now we're going to have the same arguments about, okay, why is A&M ahead of such and such, you know? And it, yeah. it just moves it down the list a little bit. So to your question, Sean, do I think this is the hardest year? Yes, because most seasons there's been at least two, usually three teams that are no-brainers. And their right. names are normally Clemson. Uh, uh, Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma most years were no-brainers. Yep. Then there was in 2018, Notre Dame was a no-brainer, right? Uh, it, when you look at when you look at 20, was it 2019? Was about the easiest ever for the committee, in my opinion. Because there were people talking about like a two-loss Oklahoma t- Georgia team should have been in over a one-loss Oklahoma team. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. I mean, LSU clearly should have been in. Ohio State clearly should have been in. Clemson clearly should have been in. And Oklahoma clearly should have been in, in my opinion. So when I when I look at it, this is a year where there's one really good team and a bunch of just teams that have flawed resumes, which, right. you know, Sean, we talked about this over the summer. There are no great teams. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so much more important for the committee to stick to the standard. Yeah. That's why the criteria needs to be applied. This was the best opportunity the committee's ever had to say, we don't care about the name on the helmet. We don't care about the mascot. We don't care about the tradition. We're, we're going to stick to the numbers. We're going to stick to the resumes. We're going to stick to this, and we're going to give you the four best teams. You know, everybody's always whining, oh, get a power five, or a group of five in there, like ESPN, Jay Billis. It's like, dude, just stick to basketball, okay, man, right? Like, you don't hear me coming at you about basketball, right? You stick to basketball. Let us handle football, right? Put right. Cincinnati in. They're undefeated. Okay, put Texas San Antonio in. They're undefeated, right? Okay, put Oklahoma in. They're undefeated. That, that that's 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 what got us the the people losing their minds last year about why BYU should have been in. Yep. Committee did exactly what they should have done with BYU last year. You've beaten no one. Like Cincinnati's re- Cincinnati's resume looks at BYU's resume last year. Goes <laughs> last. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And you could remove Notre Dame and they'd still look at that resume and say, wow, that's bad, right? Um, So, you know, to me, this was the opportunity for them to say, we're going to apply the criteria. We have a standard. This is the things that we're going to use to evaluate every team. And all they've done is now raise the volume of the people saying it's not a real top four. You're taking the big names. And 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 you've only made made your case worse. Now I'm not advocating the Cincinnati should be in the top four. That's not my point. But right. if you were going to create un, you know, uh, unrighteous rankings, then I would put Cincinnati in there just to shut everybody up because this would be the year you want Cincinnati in because there isn't a clear cut. This is your best chance to get a group of five team in there before it expands to 12. Yeah. You're not going to have another Cincinnati because you're not going to have another power five team or a group of five team that has a win a win like they have at Notre Dame. You're just not. You're not going to have a, a, a team that also has a second power five win on the road like they have at Indiana. You're just not going to have another Cincinnati like this. So to me, if you cared about the integrity of the system, then you need to you need to you need to apply the criteria evenly. Yeah. If you don't care about the integrity of the system, then you probably should be pumping Cincinnati up more Yeah. because that story is going to sell. And don't tell me, you talk about people traveling. Cincinnati has a small fan base. 
put them in the college football playoff and every single fan they have we'll is going to travel wherever that game is going to be. Yep. It's going to be a huge storyline, blah, 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 blah. Well, the, whoever, they, whoever Cincinnati plays is going to blow them out. Okay. That happens in those semifinals anyway. With the right? big brands, absolutely. I mean, very rarely do we have competitive, you know, semifinal games. I, I can think of, you Ohio, know. Ohio State Clemson was competitive. In 2019, you had um, Bama, uh, Bama or Oklahoma, Georgia in 2017. Was uh, competitive. Ohio State Bama was competitive in the semifinal. Yeah, until Ohio. I mean, Ohio State kind of ran a ran them off the, the field the game, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the game yeah. but I mean, you had you had. I mean, that year. Remember, I mean, the biggest beatdown anyone ever gave that year was what what Oregon did to Florida State. You remember that? It was, well, like, it was like fifty nine to twenty. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bama just absolutely smashed. Michigan State, you know, the Clemson game wasn't competitive in 2017. Washington played Alabama really close. That was a good They game. played them close, the but it was never competitive no. because of how bad Washington's the offense. offense was. Yeah. Their yeah, but like, was very well right. right. Second year, Oklahoma beat Clemson, or Clemson beat Oklahoma convincingly. Bama beat Michigan State 38 to nothing. 2017, you had the 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 Bama smacks wash. That was 20 after the 2016 season. Yeah, you know Bama beat Washington by 17. Clemson beat Ohio State 31 to nothing. After the 2017 season, that was the one Georgia beat uh, Georgia beat Oklahoma, which was Oklahoma. a great game. Yeah. Alabama beat Clemson convincingly. That was the Kelly Bryant year. The next year, Clemson beat Notre Dame by 27. Bama beat Oklahoma by 11. It was never really close. Uh, next season, you had the Clemson-Ohio State game, which was a great game. I mean, one of the best semifinal games we've had, maybe yeah. behind the Oklahoma-Georgia game, which to yeah. me is still the best semifinal. Yeah. Yeah. That might be the best college football playoff game we've had. The only yeah. exception would be I the Clemson-Alabama The Clemson-Alabama game where Deshaun led them down at the end for the title was probably the best actual game. Game, yeah. Um, but that was a great game. But then LSU beat Oklahoma 63-28 in a game that could have been worse. Worse. LSU didn't call off the oh. dogs. And then last year, Bama beats Notre Dame convincingly, and Ohio State beats Clemson convincingly. So if your concern is, well, Cincinnati's going to get blown out, so? Yeah, you know, of course. I mean, <laughs> you're going to still make a lot of money off the storylines. Yeah. but. So one or two, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you don't care about the integrity of the system, then let's have some fun with it. Get Cincinnati in there, right? But I mean, there's a chance, there's a chance, Sean, and this is what's gonna disgust me. There's a chance that the way that they're doing these rankings, we're gonna have two rematches in the semifinal. Think about it. Yeah. If Oregon wins out and Bama loses to Georgia, there's no guarantee they don't bump Bama down to three or four. And then basically it's you have four teams in the playoff that all played each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Bama would have played Georgia and Ohio State would have played Oregon. And so the only way you can then justify not having a rematch is to say we're going to still keep a two-loss Bama team over a one-loss Oregon or a one-loss Ohio State. Yeah. And I think what they would end up doing is put Ohio State up to two, drop Oregon to four, because Oregon hasn't beaten anybody. Right. And Ohio State will have beaten Penn State, Michigan State and Michigan and, and Wisconsin, and Wisconsin or, or yeah, or Purdue. Right. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna create a revolt amongst college football fans if that happens. But that's what they're setting up. I mean, that's what they're setting up. They should have Bama four right now. 
or th- three. If you three, I'm sorry, they should have Bama three right now, and and that way, if they lose to 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 Georgia, they're out. You shouldn't be if you lose two yeah. games, you shouldn't be in the playoff unless the teams you're competing against have two losses. And to go to your point of why it is more difficult this year, the committee is probably sitting there saying, "Damn you, Clemson, and damn you, Notre Dame." Because mm-hmm. I'm sure going into the season, they consider Clemson one of those guarantees. Right. Like, okay, guarantee Clemson's going to have the tie-in. They're going to win the ACC. At worst, they'll have one loss. They're in the top four. One of the SEC teams will be in there. Ohio State will be in there, and we'll have one spot to fill. Mm-hmm. Now, if everything goes the way you're talking about, there will be chaos. And there mm-hmm. will be controversy. And like you said, fans won't like their decisions. But you know what it gives them mm-hmm. the perfect setup for? Expansion. Right. It's going to be the perfect way to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's why we need to. This expand. is why. This is the year, which yes. is a stupid, it'll be a stupid argument. Because like yeah. one out of seven years, yeah. the exception doesn't define the rule. Right. right? Here, here's a question I want to respond to from my guy, John Rich, Sean. It says the cynic in me thinks that the current committee is treating an independent Notre Dame as a group of five team because they are not part of a conference trying to force Notre Dame to join a conference. Again, perhaps based on the new makeup of the committee, but the committee has always been very pro Notre Dame. You and I have discussed this again. I don't really care to get into always. that again, Yeah. but the committee has never dinged Notre Dame for that. And honestly, if the committee was still trying to ding Notre Dame for that, I think that it dropped them down below Oklahoma state. I mean, you could argue Oklahoma State has better wins than Notre Dame does top to bottom. Now, Notre Dame's got better at the top wins, but Oklahoma – I mean, Oklahoma beat number 13 Baylor. Yeah. You know, I mean, Oklahoma Oklahoma State has some good wins this year. Yeah. And and so I I think that if they were doing that, then they they would – they would look, a one-loss – here's the other thing too, John. There there is a one-loss group of five team. It's called Houston. They're not in the top 25. So if Notre Dame was being treated like a group of five team this year, they wouldn't be ranked, you know, or they'd be ranked in the top 25 because you do have San Diego State at, at, you know, with two losses down there at 22, but they would not be ranked in the top at number nine, in my opinion. They, they yeah. would. No, San Diego State's, I'm sorry, I thought San Diego State had two losses. They only have one. one. They're 22. And then Texas San Antonio is 8-0, 9-0, and they're ranked 23rd. So if Notre Dame was being treated like a group of five team, they'd be down in the late teens, early 20s. So I we, I, we I understand that, but I just don't think there's evidence that, that Notre Dame's being treated like that. We don't have to be cynical as Notre Dame fans. Like I said before, I understand <laughs> we feel like it's us against the world. They give us enough reason to art, to you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. The we know where they comes, where Notre Dame gets hammered. When it comes to media and everything, mm-hmm. look, uh, I, tr- I try to tell people all the time, over the summer, there are a lot of big wigs coming through the studio because they held the uh, conference and the meetings for the expansion for the college football mm-hmm. playoff. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, mm-hmm. they yeah. all they want is Notre Dame to give them a reason yeah. to put them in. Yeah. They want Notre Dame on the big stage for business purposes. I would have agreed with I would have disagreed with you at half an hour ago because but it, but Ter- Terrence and Ashley's comments still kind of sticking to my I'm letting that marinate. That was a, a, very, that was a very good super yeah. chat. Yeah. That was a really good one. Here's one, Sean. 
Jeff Salmon says, Georgia-Bama for the championship was better, Brian. No. That was a great finish and a boring freaking game. Yeah, it was. No, it, that was, was, a great, it was a great game. Great finish. Over dominating Bama, so I was loving it. The fourth quarter was the and overtime was the only good part about that game. Yeah. That was a boring, boring game in my opinion. Uh, the thing I liked about the, the 2016 championship game was that it was a legitimate competitive game for four quarters, and it was good football. It was teams making plays. Yeah, I felt like that Georgia Alabama game in 2017 is like neither one of the, or excuse me, uh, it was, uh, yeah, 2017. It was like neither team wanted to win. Now they were two great teams, or at least Georgia was, but Alabama just outcoached them. I mean, Georgia was clearly the the more talented team that day. Definitely. But Alabama had a clearly better football coach and, and coaching staff that day, mainly at head coach, because I think Kirby Smart's – he's north of James Franklin, but he's in the conversation for, I, I for game day coaches, in my opinion. Although they've done a nice job this year, though. I, I'll give them Alabama probably back-to-back years, both of their championship games are probably better than that game. Yeah, because the 2015 championship game was a great game. Yes. I mean, you had Nick Saban pulling out onside kicks onside to kick. try to win that game. Yeah. Yes, that was to me. I agree with you. That was a much – I mean, in that game, I mean, look, a national title game, Georgia-Alabama in overtime went for 371 yards. Georgia went for 350-65 yards, 4.7 yards per play. Bama was a 5.1 yards per play. I'm sorry. That was a boring game. That was just a boring game, you know. So it was exciting to have two freshmen come in and be the stars. Yeah, like the finish was good. Yeah, two the finish was Devontae good. Smith, yeah, yeah, the finish was really good. But it's it's kind of like I've I've people say like the the Snow Bowl in nineteen ninety two was one of the best Notre Dame games ever. That was a terrible game. It's a boring game. It was a great finish. Yeah, right. It was a great finish, but it wasn't a great game. And I and for me and again that's you know we can always disagree because some people may say hey you know if you're if you're a fan of defense you may you may look at me and say no that was great because I was two really good defensive football teams and it was but for me it was just a really boring game you know I mean just yeah it was a really boring game for me but to, I, I, again I I think the 2015 game was was super exciting and you know I kind of like offense a little bit more than I like defense but uh, you know that so there there was a little bit more offense in those two games as well but. I mean, we, we've seen some really good games, but there haven't been a lot of great postseason games in the playoff era. It just, yeah. just happened. And that and that tends to happen. It's, you know, it's like, it's like, I, I mean, I'm a Broncos fan. I remember 1998, you know, Notre, Denver went down to Miami and Miami just whooped them for four quarters, you know, beats Denver. I think it was like 34 to 20, something like that. This Denver's only Denver's second loss of the year. They just lost to the Giants week before. Yeah. Well, then they went and played them in a rematch in the in the postseason in the playoffs, and Denver beat them like thirty eight to three. Just because you beat a team by thirty five one day doesn't mean that you're thirty five points better than them every day. That's just what happens in football sometimes. That's what happens, yeah. You know, so that's why it's like, you know, get just get the four best, and whatever happens happens, right? But just because Notre Dame's lost big in the past, well, if you start eliminating teams that have had blowout losses in the past, eventually you're going to run out of teams. Yeah, you wouldn't have put Ohio State in the playoff last year, and two or in 2019, because the last time Ohio State was on, you know, in a playoff game, they lost 31 to nothing. At least Notre Dame hasn't been shut out in the playoff game yet, right? You know, so. And then, how many years did we go into? I don't have it in front of me, but how many years have we really had an upset in 
the college football playoff. I you, know you had Ohio one in the first. State, Ohio State beating yep. Alabama and Oregon was one. Right. Although I don't know if beating Oregon was an, as an upset to me. Well, maybe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the – yeah, you're right. Because I've had third string quarterback kind yeah. of on that. 2015, there was no upsets. Uh, mm-hmm. Clemson was better than Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, Alabama was way better than Michigan State. 2016, Clemson was better than Ohio State. Bama was better than um, Washington. Uh, now, you could argue that Bama was better than Clemson in the title game, and that was an upset. But I, I think that was two evenly matched teams, and the team with the better quarterback won. I think we we all thought that game would go down to the wall. Right. Right. Even I don't think that's an table. upset no, per se. No, no. Uh, t- 2017, Clemson was not nearly as good as Bama. And I don't, I wouldn't call Oklahoma. No, I mean, I, I don't know who was favored in that game, but Georgia and Oklahoma were pretty evenly matched. 2018. Now, I, I, I don't know what this, do you remember what the spread was of the 2018 title game between Clemson and Alabama? I was just about to say the Trevor Lawrence game yeah. might have been an upset. Because everybody was kind of hyping up the 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 Bama that year was so great and all yeah. that. Yeah. You look are you looking that up, Sean? I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay, good. I think the surprise for me, the upset for me was how bad Clemson beat Alabama. That was the thing that surprised me, is that they blew them out the way that they did. And then 2019, neither of those games were upsets. 2020, neither of those games were up. Well, I'd be, I don't, what was the spread? La- I was Clemson was a favorite over Ohio State last year, what, weren't they? Yes, they were. That would have, that to me, I, that was a bit of an upset for me. So Bama was, so. A, Bama was a six and a half point favorite that game. That's a pretty That's big a pretty upset big, when you consider that how bad they beat them. Yeah. What was the spread of last year's Ohio State Clemson game? I would venture to say I'm going to say three and a half, but let's check it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to comment on this while we're doing that. Neil Walker says the committee is pro-conference first then willing to cash in on Notre Dame as long as it doesn't take away from their cash cows. Let me explain to you. Notre Dame is a cash cow. Yes. And look, Notre, they may be pro-conference first unless it equals Notre Dame. I'm just – because otherwise, there's, there's, you know, you could have made a case last year that that um, Notre Dame shouldn't have been in last year, unless you want to say, well, they were a conference team last year. But I don't, I don't think they were rewarded for Notre Dame for being in a conference last year. I mean, you, yeah, I, I, I think Notre Dame's has always gotten to me a, a fair shake in the committee. Like even oh. when they dropped out of the top four in 2015, I understood they played like crap against two bad teams, Wake Forest and. and in, in uh, Boston College when Oklahoma was smacking good teams. So yeah. I understood it. Uh, you know, you, you got to handle your business. Yeah, that was a push, I think. Uh, I think which year it was and Notre Dame got in. That was a push where people felt like Notre Dame shouldn't. Last year would have been last yeah. year. It was yeah. last year. Because mm-hmm. Notre Dame was under. Now, there were people at ESPN that said Notre Dame shouldn't have got in in 2018. Absolutely. But they're idiots. Notre Dame was undefeated and beat Michigan. And yeah. there was there was literally clowns at ESPN talk. I'm sorry. I know I can't say that with you on the show. No, Sean. You, have, you absolutely can. <laughs> okay. I say it. Sometimes. You can't so, say it. I can say I, it. You're okay. right. I can't say it. But no, that Clemson but they, game last they, year, Clemson was a seven point favorite, just to answer your question. Okay. Oh, Clemson right. was. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's an upset to yeah. me. I mean, to me, a touchdown favorite, that's a big spread in a title type of thing. Yeah. Now, of course, Clemson didn't have their offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott, but I don't think it would have mattered. They got beat in the trenches. And, and I'll say this too, Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott, neither have been the same since they separate, since since they weren't together. I think sometimes you're better, you're, you're better as a tandem than maybe you were individually. And I wonder if Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott are that way. Cause we talked about this during the offseason. Clemson was carried last year by having two elite, elite special players that masked a lot of those other type of things. And, and um, yeah, I, I think that kind of factored into it as well. We got another super chat. So uh, Neil, Neil, Neil's point is, okay, I would – the only thing I disagree with his point is Notre Dame is not an afterthought in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Totally disagree with that. And that matters. I mean, that 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 does matter. We may not like it, but it does. It does. Notre, I, again, I think I, – I just believe that Notre Dame's always kind of got a bit of a a fair shake from the committee, in my opinion. I, I do. I thought the only year was a little puzzling was they just – they did not like that 2019 Notre Dame team. But, you know, the way that they lost to Michigan, I kind of understand. I totally understand why they took the bite out of that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. Michigan loss was bad. Yeah. It was a bad It was loss. pretty bad. And we got another super chat down here from Jordan Schreiber. Okay, what if Purdue beats Ohio State? What does that do for Notre Dame? Also, what if Purdue and, and Wisconsin win the ACC and Big Ten? What would that do for Notre Dame? Um, uh, what if Purdue and win the ACC and Big Ten? I don't know what the ACC has to do with that. Jordan, so maybe you meant something different. So if you could clear that up, but what if Purdue beats Ohio State? That's huge for Notre Dame. Yeah, because number one, Ohio State's out. Right, they're going to fall behind Notre Dame. Then, and this is going to make some of you barf. Then you have to root for Ohio State to beat Michigan State and and Michigan. You have to become Ohio State fans the next two weeks. But I mean, honestly, here's the crazy thing: if Purdue wins this weekend. And Ohio State wins out. Ohio State's gone. Michigan State's gone. Michigan's gone. Then it comes down to Notre Dame's, what, up to six at that point in time? Then they have to hope that Cincinnati, Oklahoma, one of those those two teams lose or Oregon lose. I mean, there's if that, if that happens, and obviously Notre Dame's got a much clearer path because there's teams ahead of them they're going to lose. It's not a given that Oregon's going to beat Utah at Utah in two weeks. The way that Utah is playing right now, it's not. It's yeah. not. A, it's not a, a given. And you know, then Oklahoma, you know, they're beatable, but they don't need them all to lose. And then they need Georgia to beat to beat Auburn. They either need Bama to lose to Auburn or Georgia to beat Bama convincing. Because that's the one thing is the only way that Alabama gets in with a second loss is if it's like a a, a four quarter game that can go on either way. If Georgia beats them convincingly. Even if it's a seven to ten point game, but it's convincing, yeah. Then Bama's out. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the thing is they need Oregon to lose, they need Cincinnati to lose, they need Oklahoma to lose. But if is he saying Purdue? Okay, Ohio State beats Michigan and Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Purdue wins out. Mm -hmm. Then Purdue beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. No, I, I don't. I don't get it. I'm not. I'm not quite. Now, sure. if that if that happens, 
then that would knock that would knock Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Out. Well, if if it that wouldn't even matter because if if Ohio State wins out, even with the loss to Purdue, the Big Ten's done. Right. It doesn't matter what happens in the Big Ten doesn't championship matter. game. You're right. You're right. They're yeah. they're done because right. everybody would have two losses. So yeah. So Jordan, the only thing I'm not sure of is that second part. Like the first part we get, but if you don't, and you do not have to leave a super chat, but just on that second part, if you can kind of explain a little bit what you mean by that, I would, I would appreciate that. And, um, yeah, here, here we go. Nine one nine nine eleven ninety nine eleven. Brian, if Purdue wins college football, two thousand twenty one wins, and I, I agree, I agree, I agree. There's a lot of Notre Dame fans that don't like Jeff Braun because there's a lot of people, I don't want to name names or point fingers or anything like that, that think that Jeff Braun would do a better job at Notre Dame than Brian Kelly. Uh, but uh, now oh. you need to be rooting for Jeff Braun. You to, know what? To, you know, you know what I just thought about? What's that? Because both of us love the college football series by EA Sports. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be back out in a couple of years. Is the committee going to be a part of that? Like, are we going to sit there and wait for the committee to tell us? That's got to be part of the fun, right? Oh, like, you've got to, you've got to make that. Like, where are they going to rank you? You know, <laughs> uh, that'd be a lot of fun. I never thought of that. Man, that's going to be fun to think. Well, then about. it would be cool to actually get a season with a non-power five team mm-hmm. to see if you could crack. Well, no, in our luck, they're not going to probably release that game till the freaking expansion comes for the playoff. Right. We're never going to really know, You're right? Yeah. So that's going to stink. That's going to stink. All right, Sean, you got any other thoughts from today's top 25? No, I think uh, my overriding um, thoughts is that the SEC and the Big Ten are the top two conferences. And uh, they do that once again. I think they're trying to kind of simulate what they do with the basketball tournament. Because the basketball mm-hmm. tournament, before they start seeding teams, they actually rank the conferences. That's one of the processes they go through to help with the rankings. So it seems like they rank the Big Ten and the SEC as their top two conferences, which they've given more credit for wins and losses in those conferences to those teams. Uh, we compared Ohio State with Cincinnati. Uh, we mm-hmm. compared Alabama with Cincinnati and it really shouldn't be about the team you lost to and what conference they're in. It should just be about the fact that they were a right. lesser team than you, a much lesser team than you and you struggled. And that's not the case. So that's an overriding fact that sticks out for me. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame needing help being at nine, uh, something I expected after the initial rankings, they clearly spoke to Notre Dame and said, yo, we really consider Cincinnati a bad loss. Mm-hmm. And then the continued disrespect of Cincinnati no matter what they do, mm-hmm. Cincinnati would basically have to just blow everybody out to get any true um, chances or opportunities to hop into that top four. And I just don't see them doing that. If my math is correct, 12 of the 25 teams in the top 25 are from the Big Ten and SEC combined. Yes. Half yeah. are from those two conferences. They're telling you something. And here's why I think that's ridiculous. The, the the Big Ten especially did not exactly have a ton of success out of conference. No. I mean, two of your six teams lost to Notre Dame. 
by double digits. Ohio State lost to Oregon. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. But they have somehow, some way, they've come up or come to, well, this year, you would have to say those are the two best conferences. I totally agree. Best conferences, point. but not 12 out of 25 not 12 is out my 25. point. I totally agree with you. Uh, it's become difficult because they don't have the usual suspects that are the mm-hmm. dominant teams and elite teams. So, you know, we're going to get what we might call inco- incoherent decisions, mm-hmm. you know, that really don't have an anchor for us to look at and say, okay, this is the basis by which they, they're coming up with the rankings that they're putting out. We mm-hmm. don't have that quite yet. Maybe we'll get that towards the end of the year with the final rankings, but as of now, it seems very incoherent all over the place, and there's nothing I could put my finger on other than they left. That's the, the problem. Yeah. That's my issue, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. That's my issue right there, is that there just doesn't seem to be any consistency to what they're doing. Yep. And, you know, yeah. So for Notre Dame, to me, this is this is the – this was probably the worst case. Well, worst case scenario would have been that Oklahoma State ranked them. But the, beyond just something absurd happening, this was this was a worst case scenario. But I do still believe there's a pathway. But I think this upcoming weekend is going to determine if Notre Dame has a, pa- a legitimate pathway. And there's going to be some games this weekend. Number one, the biggest one being Notre Dame at Virginia. I think the fact that Virginia is six and three. Uh, especially if Brendan Armstrong plays. If Notre Dame beats Virginia this weekend, I think we should all, as, as you know, people that follow Notre Dame, we should all hope that Brendan Armstrong plays and then Notre Dame beats them with Brendan Armstrong. And then after that, you you need Virginia to beat Pitt and beat Virginia Tech, you know, because then all of a sudden Notre Dame's got another good win on, on and not that Virginia will be ranked, but at yeah. least it'll give them that, you know, that that next good win. And the the other thing too is Sean is is I I gotta look at the standings because I believe that there is still a chance Virginia can still win the ACC Coastal. Yeah, they can because two of their three losses are non-conference. Yeah. They lost to beat well. It two of their two of their four losses if Notre Dame beats them would be non-conference because they lost to BYU and they'd lose to Notre Dame and so. And then the only team ahead of them right now, so Virginia's four and two in conference. Pitt's four and one. If Virginia beats Pitt the week next weekend and then beats Virginia Tech at home, they're the coastal champs. Well, see, Virginia Tech, this is another thing. You know, we talk about that. And I called Notre Dame a trap game for Virginia Tech mm-hmm. because their most important game for all of their goals was the week after Notre Dame when they faced off against Pitt Mm -hmm. and they had Pitt coming in and Pitt blasted them. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing for Virginia. Like we're going to get a really great effort. Like we always do from any team that faces Notre Dame, especially at their home stadium. I I expect Notre Dame Mm -hmm. to win the game and I expect all the energy that they have to cause them to go into that next game against Pitt with not as much energy, and I expect. I, I I really think Notre Dame is going to impact the ACC Coastal mm-hmm. with the two games that they beat the Virginia teams, both of the Virginia teams. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's and then, but then you could also look at it this way: 
that I think the way that North Carolina played Notre Dame springboarded them onto a a win over Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Because they did battle a top 10 Notre Dame team. They did. You know, and they played them hard. They did. And so then that, you know, the next week, okay, let's, let's, you know, we're a good team. See, we are good. We are actually good. And they went out and played well and, and beat Wake Forest. So it, it's going to be interesting. But I'm going to have an article on Friday. I had it last week. It's basically a Notre Dame cheering guide for Notre Dame fans where I'm going to go through all the games this weekend. And it's, it's, it's not like, I'm not going to be ridiculous, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, you need to be rooting for New Mexico State to upset Alabama, right? It's going to be realistic games. It may happen. Last week, we picked Purdue and Michigan State. We talked about, I mean, they were kind of obvious ones. We talked about um, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, and Rutgers. So, we'll, we'll, we'll break it down this weekend. You know, obviously, Michigan, Penn State's won. Oklahoma, Baylor. Yeah. That's what's going to make the rest of the season so much fun, Sean, is because there are still so many good games left. And I had a buddy of mine reach out to me today and he said, don't sleep on a Tennessee Georgia game this weekend. Cause this is going to be the best offense that Georgia has faced all year. We're going to learn a lot about Georgia this weekend. I'm not as, I'm not as uh, like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is the best defense. Josh Heupel. That's right. That, that, that was kind of my response. Yeah. I was like, yeah, they scored 26 on Ole Miss. All you right, know, well, Josh Heupel runs plays yeah. that have worked over the yeah. last but, weeks. But he, yeah. he's someone that watches Tennessee a lot, and he's a pretty good football guy. So I was like, at least going to have to think about it for a minute because he's someone whose opinion I respect a lot. But uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a good weekend of football. So make sure you check out our breakdown. Uh, for for that, obviously, I, the banner was not up during the show. You can see that right there, boards at irishbreakdown.com. You can sign up. We'll talk about it there. But if you just go to irishbreakdown.com, you'll see that banner there. Uh, you'll get all the, the free stories that we have. All of our content on the website is free. The premium aspect is for the message board uh, where I'll, I'll drop some nuggets and some different things like that. And then, of course, we get to talk as a community. So you're going to want to check that out as well. Uh, but I'll have that article up on Friday. It's the Notre Dame Cheering Guide. We have a ton of content between now and then. We'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, Vince and I will be at 1230 tomorrow for a breakdown of the Notre Dame defense against the Virginia offense, which is going to be a lot of fun. So before you leave, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. If you're listening via podcast, give us a five-star review. We would appreciate it greatly. Sean, thank you so much for being on the show with me tonight. And I'm glad that you were finally rocking the IB stuff, right? We got to – Gotta, you know, I, I love I love my Notre Dame. Yeah, I love. Yep. My nose, nose I know Dame. how I know how big of a sacrifice it was for you to not rock the Notre Dame hat tonight. Trust me, I but get I, it. I said, my guy, I'm gonna go ahead and match him with the uh, with the. Shirt I appreciate hat. it. I oh, gotta man. get you some more IB shirts and stuff. We'll talk Absolutely, here in a little bit, man. And love get everybody, Irish break yeah. listeners, and uh, truly appreciate just any time I can join you guys. All right, and if Sean, let remind people where they can find you and Malik Zaire's podcast. Oh, absolutely, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Go to the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe. Go over all of our great content that we have up to this point. We'll, we'll be posting uh, some more clips from our interviews with Jordan Cornett, who does the Huddle on ACC Network, and then we have Reggie Brooks on last week, actually talking about the snow game and uh, talking about how close Notre Dame is to being able to hoist that national championship trophy. So Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel, subscribe, and you can follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Lucky Lefty Pod. That's going to do it for us, Sean. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We will talk to you again tomorrow.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.